0: G. Marshall, there's a land of the living and a land of the dead, and a steady stream of traffic keeps crossing the border that lies between them. But it's all headed in one direction. And yet, now and then comes word that someone has succeeded in reversing that direction. And we ask ourselves, is it true? Did it happen? Can it happen? There are those who insist we can never know and others who believe we're about to find out. Come
1: back, Perry. Come back. Why? What have you got to offer me? I'll double your salary. I'm not impressed. Unlimited expense account. I don't think so. I'd just as soon stay here, where I am. I'm just as happy being dead.
0: Our mystery drama, The Lazarus Syndrome, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Mandel Kramer. I'll be back shortly with Act One.
2: Most place Under
1: the sun. Instead of just hanging around the house this weekend, break away for a mini vacation under the sun at a nearby Quality Inn. Most of our more than 300 inns offer one or more special weekend packages. You'll find plans for ski lovers, sun lovers, comfort lovers, fun lovers at very special prices. See your travel agent or call Quality Inns toll-free and break away for a weekend under the sun.
0: The, most place under the sun The word senator comes from the Latin Senex, and it means an old man. The idea being that the elderly possess the experience and the wisdom to rule. Therefore, if you were old, you were worthy of respect. And being old is the best thing that could happen to you. However, as the Romans would say, O tempora, O mores, how things change. Today, if you're old, you're just not with it. And being old is the worst thing that can happen to you. Youth. Youth is what counts. But what's to be done? You have to grow older. That is, if you want to live.
2: May I... Come in, Mr. Marston.
0: Mrs. Flume. Why, of course.
2: Oh, thank you. I I would have had Miss Connor ask if I could see you, but she's on her coffee break, so I thought I'd just pop in. Well,
1: that's quite all right. Well, what's new, Mrs. Flume?
2: Well, I... I've been fired.
1: What did you say?
2: I've been fired after 31 years... I've been fired.
1: But that's him. Who fired you?
2: Mr. Davis. Davis? The the office manager, the the new one. Why? I don't know. He, He asked me to come into his office. And then he said to me, Mrs. Flume, the company is dispensing with your services.
1: But he's not supposed to do that.
2: Well, Mr. Marston, his job is to... Hire and fire people. But he's
1: not supposed to fire you. My goodness, Mrs. Flume, we couldn't run this place if you weren't here.
2: Oh, sir, I, I, I know you're very busy. And I, I didn't want to bother you, but... But I do need the job. What
1: is this, uh, Davis's phone number?
2: Oh, uh, uh four, two, three.
1: Well, Mr. Davis evidently needs to be straightened out. Oh, yes, Davis, this is Perry Marston. Yes. Davis, I understand that you fired Mrs. Flume, the receptionist at the main desk? Yes. Company policy? What company policy? I'm general manager, Davis, and I'm not aware of any such company policy. Well, I tell you that it doesn't exist. Put her back on the payroll. There.
2: Oh, Mr. Marston... How can I ever thank you?
1: You just go back to work, Mrs. Flume, oh. and don't you worry about a thing. Out.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Ready? Ready. Out, Game and Sir. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. Hey, say. Oh, boy. What uh, kind of way is that to lose? On your own surface? I've been hitting them long all morning. Well, what do you say? How about another set? Huh? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Oh, say. Hey, wait a minute. <sighs> hmm? <laughs> what could I be thinking? We have a meeting with Standard at 145. Oh, that's right. Well, come on. Let's, uh... Let's sit at the table. We can order a drink. Maybe a sandwich. Then we can shower and go. Okay? Fine, fine. Oh, there's that waitress. Hey, hey Mary Lee. Two club specials for Mr. Armarson and me. Okay? Well, we can count on being served before Christmas. <laughs> I wish they'd speed things up around here. Well, I guess it's all part of the old-fashioned charm. Well, times have changed. Tennis used to be an old-fashioned game. Now it's become an up-to-the-minute industry. You know, we, uh, we ought to get into it. Tennis? We have a clothing company that could be turning out tennis togs. We have a petrochemical division that should be involved in those composition materials they use on tennis courts. Fantastic growth potential. Yeah, I suppose so. You suppose so? (laughs) Come on. Don't you see it? Well, look, Mr. Gotham. Do you uh, mind calling me George? (laughs) All right, George. (laughs) Makes me feel awkward being called Mr. by someone 20 years older than me. 20? Well, actually, 24. You're 53. I'm 29. You've come a long way in a short time. Well, that's the world today. It belongs to the young. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, there's fantastic growth potential in tenants for the corporation. Frankly, I don't see where it involves the computer division. You don't? Well, should I? Perry... Perry, you're not just general manager of digital systems. You're the head of the digital systems division of the United Marketing Corporation. <laughs> Come on, your thinking cannot be parochial. Yes, but my particular expertise is in the manufacture of computers. United Marketing didn't buy digital systems just because there was a computer company lying around. It's all part of a growth strategy. I understand. And we spent a long time deciding who to keep and who to let go. We decided to keep you. Do you know why? Because I know my job. Yes. But also because you're surprisingly young for your age. You mean 53 is old? <laughs> well, a great many 53-year-olds are too old for United Marketing. Too fat, too stodgy, too deep in a rut. So I was surprised when I saw you. Why? Why? You project a very youthful image. You're in great shape, and you have tremendous vitality. You play terrific tennis, which is the game today. Thank you, sir. Our whole culture, our whole economy is geared to youth. We have young values. I guess I never thought about it. I guess I've been too involved with computers. Well, this is an impatient country. It wants instant answers. Immediate gratification. And you approve of this? Well, I'm not required to approve or disapprove. Well, what are you required to do? (laughs) I'm required to earn a profit for our stockholders. Oh. And so are you. We do that by analyzing the market. It's a market that's dominated by youthful thinking. Or so-called thinking. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You know, I, uh... I had a little incident today with a personnel man at your place. Oh, who's that? Well, you have a fellow named, uh... Davis. Oh, yes, Fred Davis. Uh, what about? I asked him to fire somebody. What? Davis can't hire or fire anybody above the level of stenographer. Well, a typist, in mailroom. I mean, that kind of job. Mm-hmm, I know that. Anyhow, a week ago or so, I said to this Davis, I want you to fire that main floor receptionist. <laughs> and just the other day, there she still was at the desk. Oh. He said that he did fire her, but that you had rehired her. That would be Mrs. Flume. Oh, whoever she is. I want her out of here. What do you want with my poor receptionist? I told you. I want her out. But why? She knows the company inside out. She knows where everybody is, what they're doing. She's courteous. She's efficient. Mm-hmm. That, well, maybe. So what's wrong with her? She's old. Perry. We're selling more than machinery. We're selling an idea. We're the newest, most progressive outfit in the market. So, you walk in the reception room of Digital Systems, and what's the very first thing you see? Aha! An old lady. Look, she's grown old in the service of this company. She's been paid for it. But she doesn't have a company pension or anything like that. She's been aware of it all these years. Those were the terms of her employment. She accepted them. You're really serious about this? Yes. And you should be, too. Look, she was here before I was. She was sitting out at that desk when I walked in to apply for a job. I I understand all that. Look, you're being sentimental. You mean there's no room for that in business? Not really. (laughs) Perry, I can tell you don't like me. Well, I don't like you right now. Mm. But I know how to build up a corporation. I structured along certain guidelines... I play the game according to certain rules. Your own rules? Of course. But I stick to them, Perry. I'm not a hypocrite. You always know where you stand with me. And where do I stand right now? Well, you won't make an issue of this, will you? I don't know. Look at it this way. We've standardized the decor of all the offices. The same furniture, the same colors. We must have the same look to the people. Bright, good-looking, youthful. (laughs) Here comes that waitress with lunch. She sure takes her time. Well, what do you expect? She's over 40. Now, Perry, I know it sounds silly, pointless, even stupid. But you have to have a young receptionist. George. George, listen to me. This company has been her whole life... Her husband died many years ago. She never had any children. She should have. She never remarried. Perry, you're blowing this thing up out of all proportion. But you know what you have to do. And don't let it ruin our lunch. Miss Connor, uh, This note you left on my desk, uh, the one about Mrs. Flume. Yeah, now look... Uh, the idea is she wants to know when I'll be in, so uh, so that she can see me. The fact is, uh, there just is no point in my seeing Mrs. Flume. So, uh, you 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 just tell her, okay? I mean, just get me out of it gracefully,
0: will you?
3: Gil, darling? Hi. How do you feel?
1: I feel like having a drink.
3: The doctor says you can have one before dinner every night.
1: Well, I've been looking forward to it all day.
3: <laughs> it's one of the advantages of having a heart condition. Sometimes.
1: I do not have a heart condition. You were told to watch yourself. We should all watch ourselves.
3: I heard a story about you. I wonder if it's true. No? Because if it is, I shall be very angry.
1: Yes, dear?
3: I understand you've been going to the club every day this week.
1: Of course. That's why we're members.
3: Mm-hmm. And you've been playing tennis every day.
1: Well, naturally, it's a tennis club.
3: Singles? Well Oh, Perry. The doctor said you have to cut down. I'm not an invalid. Well, oh, nobody said you weren't. Well then what's this all about? But Dr. Gordon said it would be a good idea oh. if you eased up a bit. You're not getting younger. You happen to be under some very grueling tension.
1: Everything is under control.
3: Perry, you're talking to me. The doctor says the way things are going, you're a good candidate for a cardiac episode, which is another name for a heart attack. I have never had that kind of problem in my life. And hopefully you never will. Dr. Gordon laid down a set of rules. You're playing two and three sets at lunchtime. Singles. Hard, tough matches. With George Gotham... Oh, Perry. He's half your age. Well pick it up. It's for you. How do you know? It's exactly six thirty. I told her you'd be home. You told who? This very nice elderly lady. She's your receptionist, uh, Mrs. Flume. She wants oh, to talk to you. Look, I know,
1: I know. Abigail, please hmm. tell
3: her I'm not home. She said it's very important.
1: I understand, but just tell her I'm not home.
3: You want me to lie to her? Tell her I had to
1: fly to Chicago.
3: I'm not going to tell her anything. Somebody
1: has to answer the phone. Well,
3: I don't have to. It isn't for
1: Abigail, me. I just want you to do me this favor. Now, please get me
3: off the hook. Oh, there's a hook? What kind?
1: Oh, it's nothing.
3: Then talk to her.
1: All right, all right. I will. Hello? Hello? No
3: one on the line. I guess she thought there was no one home. But she'll call again. What's it about?
1: I don't want to discuss it. It's not important.
3: Well, then why is your face flushed? Now, who, who says it is? Well, I'm looking at you. Let me feel your pulse. Oh,
1: Abigail, stop now. But
3: this is what Dr. Gordon said to look out for. Do, do you have any pain? I am all right. I am perfectly all right. But why are you breathing so hard? Look,
1: if you'll just let me sit down for one minute, I'll be fine. I'll be perfectly fine. Oh.
0: Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But he's not alone, is he? There are so many of him in our society. The cool, efficient men of affairs. Capable, competent, seemingly without nerves. But that's all on the outside. As you know, it is the purpose of the second act to peel away some of the protective layers and examine what lies within, which we shall do shortly. the philosophers, the romantics, have made quite a mystery of the heart. The heart is the seat of life, the source of love. The heart is the inspiration for mankind's most tender sentiments, perhaps. But the physical fact is the heart is just a mass of tough muscle. All that the heart is supposed to do is beat, and it will, if you treat it right, for years and years and years.
1: Well, you had this chest pain. Well, it really wasn't much of a pain, Doctor. It was, uh, you know, kind of more on the left arm. But it lasted for, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple of minutes, you know. And then it was over. I felt fine. Uh, well, you're all right now. Your EKG is normal. Well, that's good. You know what I think? I think it was some kind of indigestion. Yeah, that's what you think, Perry. But you came here to find out what I think. Well, the reason I say this is because uh, I had a pretty heavy lunch and... It, it just didn't seem to sit very well uh-huh. If you had a heavy lunch You probably broke your diet see, <laughs> That's going to be another problem You had what a layman would call A heart attack Oh, now, Doc It was very mild But we're getting there Getting where? Well, I guess you would say Nowhere A very big nowhere I uh, look, Doc I know I have to watch myself Then why don't you? You're not losing weight you're pushing yourself. Abigail tells me you play too much tennis. And you're under a terrible nervous strain. Well, you see, my company was swallowed up in a big merger. And uh, we're on a youth kick. What does that mean? Well, I mean, look at look at us, huh?
0: You, you and me.
1: We're both in our early 50s. Now, you, you're considered to be at, at the very peak, the height of your ability and earning power. Me? I have to scratch and scramble to hold my job. There's something wrong with that. Well, don't look at me. I didn't set up the rules. Well, I can only tell you one thing. Your heart doesn't care about your business problems. It has to be treated right. Look, all these things sound very wise here in your office. You know, away from the strains and all the stresses. But I'm out there in the trenches, Doc. And I have to fight that daily battle. If your job is that destructive, quit. Quit. Yeah? And where will I get another one? Well, if you don't lead a more sensible and moderate life, you won't need any job at all. Uh, Say, Perry, have you got a minute? Sure, sure. Come in. Sit down. Look, are you free tomorrow for lunch? Well, tomorrow's Saturday. Gee, I, uh, I don't know if Abigail has us down for anything. I don't think so. I guess i better be free, huh? Say, you make me sound like Simon LeGree. You have a lot in common. Our petrochemical division has come up with this tennis court surface. An outfit called Worldwide Resorts is building one hotel after another with lots of courts. Now, we have a chance for some real sales. Mm -hmm. Now, where do I come in? Worldwide Resorts is two brothers. Tom and Harry Hickman. They're both tennis nuts. So I arranged a match. The two of us against the two of them at the club. Oh. Well, the idea is to show we just don't sell tennis courts. I mean, we're tennis bugs ourselves. We give it that real love and affection. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah, but I, uh, I hope this heat wave breaks, that's all. Come on, Perry. You mean you're going to let a little hot weather bother you? You must be getting old. Good morning. Breakfast? Uh, uh, just coffee.
3: That won't be much of a
1: breakfast. I'm on a diet, you know.
3: Hmm. It says here in the paper today's going to be a scorcher, in the nineties and humid. Yeah, it feels like it. <sighs> you going to play? I suppose so. Oh, I can't imagine that anyone would want to play tennis in this heat.
1: Well, it won't be too bad.
3: Okay, I won't say another word.
1: Look, Abigail.
3: Yes, what is it? This
1: is a business date, really.
3: I don't want to know. What's in it for me if I keep nagging and nagging? Well,
1: you're right, but, you know, there are certain situations.
3: Wait a minute. What? Oh, no. What's the matter? What's wrong? That poor old
1: lady. Who?
3: Mrs. Flume, your receptionist.
1: What's wrong with Mrs. Flume?
3: I can't believe what I'm reading here in the morning paper. She's dead. She's dead? Hmm. Uh, Mrs. Abigail Flume, age 67, widow of the late Walter Flume, died last night of what police say was a massive overdose of sleeping pills. Oh. Mrs. Flume lived in a furnished room at 7 Tell Street. Her landlady says Mrs. Flume was severely depressed by the loss of her job with digital systems. Mrs. Flume leaves no survivors. Hmm. She was 67.
1: Yeah.
3: Summation of a lifetime. She leaves no survivors. How lonely she must have been. How well did you know her, Perry?
1: Hmm? Oh, she... Uh, she was just a receptionist.
3: Oh, but for such a long time. Didn't you ever get to, well, you know, have a talk? Well, no.
1: I mean, you know... Uh, she, she was just a receptionist. Hmm. So uh, it would be... Uh, good morning and good evening...
3: Why do you suppose she kept phoning you? Oh,
1: I don't know. I don't have the faintest idea.
3: Why didn't you want to talk to her?
1: I don't know. Maybe maybe she wanted me to intercede for her so she could keep her job. Couldn't you? Well, it wouldn't have done any good, Abigail. We have this mandatory retirement plan at the company.
3: I didn't know you had a retirement plan at the company.
1: Well, we're talking about it.
3: Oh, poor woman. Well, I
1: mean, what what could she expect? Perry. I mean, nobody asked her to make the company her whole life. She should have found some other things, some, some other people to, to to fill her days. I mean, the woman was stupid. She's dead. Well, does that endow her with some kind of nobility? Well, why are you so angry? I'm not angry. I'm not. I, uh, I have to make a phone call. Well,
3: who are you calling? Um, who are you calling?
1: I'm calling George. Hello? George? Uh, uh, I I guess you're up, aren't you? Is that what you called me to ask? Uh, Is the match still on this morning? Why wouldn't it be? Well, it's going to be one of those days, George. One of which days? You know, hot and humid. Uh, What does that have to do with anything? Say, I'm glad you called. Do you think you can get there a little early so we can really warm up? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Great. See you in about an hour. Sure. We're going to kill him. <clears throat> uh, maybe I'll have
3: another cup of coffee. I had a long talk with Dr. Gordon. Now, look, honey... And you know what he told me? He said that there was no reason why I should develop a condition myself. All I could do was take a rational position. On a day like this, you have no business doing anything but relaxing.
1: Honey, I just don't want to argue about it. <sighs>
3: Darling, we're never going to argue about anything. This
1: thing is complicated, Abigail. I just have to come to grips with it. But timing is is going to be essential.
3: That sounds very logical. But what does it mean?
1: All right, now listen. We're going to have the new AX99 on the market in less than a month now. Now, that's my baby. And everybody knows it. We're going to set fantastic sales records. Then my position will really be secure.
3: You mean it isn't secure now? Well, when you work
1: for a large corporation, your position can never be secure.
3: But didn't you just say that with this new AX-99 that your position would be really secure? Well, these things are, are relative. Well, oh, I understand.
1: Well, I'm glad you do.
3: I understand that sooner or later one thing is bound to happen. You're going to be fired.
1: That's one of the rules of the game.
3: Except it isn't a game. It wasn't a game for poor Mrs. Flume.
1: It's getting late. Is there gas in the station wagon?
3: Oh, Perry, don't go.
1: I thought you said that we were never going to argue anymore. I'm sorry. I have to go, Abigail. I just have to. Hey, great. Bright and early. Come on, let's hit a few. Okay. Oh, listen. Did you see the paper this morning? About that lady, Mrs. Floon? Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's too bad. Uh, Jerry Thorpe. He's our corporate PR guy. He's going to fix that up. He's going to fix what? Is he going to bring her back to life? (laughs) No, no. He's going to get a follow-up and uh, sort of change the thrust of the article. What's that mean? Well, it says she lost her job at digital systems. It sounds as if she was fired. She was? Well, that's not a good image. It points us up as some... Heartless corporation that fires poor old ladies and drives them to suicide. Well, aren't we? And don't we? Yeah, but we don't have to emphasize it. Well, what do we do about it? Jerry Thorpe will sort of create the impression that she really wasn't fired. That she wasn't? No. Actually, she felt it was time to retire. Oh. And once she took that step, she just sort of pined away. Mm -hmm. Only that isn't true. Yeah, but who knows that? I do and you do and Fred Davis does sure but we're not gonna tell anybody come on what do you say we get started sure one thing about these two guys are uh, the Hickman brothers they expect you to play to win sure if we beat them that's the best way to ensure getting the order so let's sharpen up partner we have to go all out That's doing it. That's moving around the court. Say, let me hit a few to your deep backhand. Yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. Be here any minute. Hey, you want to bang in a couple of serves? Yeah. All right. Okay, go ahead. I'm ready. Uh, okay. okay. Hey, Perry, what's the matter? Hey, is something wrong? Uh, oh, hey, you want a you wanna drink of water? Oh. Hey, Perry. Oh. Perry. Hey, for crying out loud! Hey, I... hey, hey! Somebody get a doctor! It's my Perry. What is it? Chest. I can't. I can It's my heart. I do am having an attack. Hey, Perry, you can't do that. Somebody get Rogers out here. He knows that CPR stuff. Get an ambulance. I don't want to die. What is it, Perry? What is it?
2: Did you hear me? I don't want to die. Somebody
1: help me. This pain. I can't take it. Do something.
0: Somebody do something. And suddenly it can all come down to this. No matter how rich, how smart, how powerful, how important you may be, something inside you, a little tube or muscle or nerve, strains, breaks, or just doesn't function. And you're on that frontier. You're on the border between life and death. Suddenly, which way you go will depend on the kindness and competence of strangers. I'll continue with Act Three shortly. I like pickles, but they don't like me.
2: Send your stomach some gel. I like pizza, but it doesn't like me. Send your stomach some gel.
3: Digel's special combination of antacid and anti-gas ingredients gives you fast, gentle relief from acid indigestion, heartburn, and gas in just minutes.
1: I like hot dogs, but they don't like me. Send your stomach
3: some Digel. For occasional use only as directed.
0: Outer man, and there is the inner man, or perhaps we should say person. The outer person is the familiar one, the recognizable one. What are we inside but an incredibly complex arrangement of bones, muscles, and nerves? Inside each of us is the most complicated mass of machinery ever created. You would think most of us would take better care of it.
1: This is 14. I got a code here. I'm bringing him in, cardiac arrest. The pain. It's so hard. You shouldn't try to talk, Perry. I'm dying. I know I'm dying. Oh, just, just take it easy. Don't try to say anything. It's so dark. It's so dark. Why is it so dark? A driver, can't you move this thing faster?
3: Look him up, nurse. He's moving
1: his lips. Perry. Perry, you're in the emergency room. You just try to relax.
3: Dr. Gordon, I don't think he can hear you.
1: What have they given him?
3: Uh, lidocaine, 100 cent
1: cc's. I'll give him 50 more.
3: Right. Start
1: the IV flowing. Watch for a reaction to that lidocaine. Yes, doctor. Oxygen, oxygen. Don't let me die. Don't let me die.
3: What's his blood pressure?
0: I
1: can't see I
3: can't see It's flat, pressure is flat He's going on us Don't say that, Perry Perry, listen to me He can't hear you, Doctor How do I know he
1: can't? How do you know?
2: I'm dying Dying
1: Perry, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you It's me, Dr. Gordon I can hear you Perry, if you can hear me Try to squeeze my finger Just try
2: I'm trying But I can't
3: I don't get a reach Don't say that
2: This is slipping I'm falling away
1: If we have any chance at all You'll discourage him He hears you He hears everything I'm going 50 cc's more of that came nurse Yes, doctor Perry Don't give up Don't let go can you hear me, Perry? Don't give up. Hold on.
3: Hold on. I'm falling. I'm falling.
0: Oh.
1: What happened? What happened to the pain? I feel marvelous. Doctor, I feel marvelous.
2: Hello, Mr. Marston.
1: Mrs. Flume.
2: Yes.
0: But you're
1: dead.
2: Of course. And so are you. I'm dead? Look around you. Did you ever see anything so beautiful back on Earth? Earth? The other world.
1: No. I never did
2: Oh, such colors
1: Such glorious
2: colors And peaceful How peaceful everything is
1: Yes Such a wonderful feeling
2: I I feel I, I want to make you welcome Welcome, Mr. Marston
1: Oh, I want to stay here
2: Oh, you will You will I
1: want to be part of this What a feeling it is Just joy Just love.
2: Yes. Everyone who loves you is here.
1: Mrs. Floon, forgive me, please, for not helping you.
2: I don't remember that. But I do. And soon you won't either.
1: I should have helped you keep your job. It
2: doesn't matter. Whatever we did before doesn't matter now. But... All that matters is love.
0: Yes. Love.
1: I feel so much love
2: Those of us who loved each other before Still love each other here forever Oh, I loved you so much
1: You loved me, Mrs. Flint?
2: Oh, yes, yes
0: I never knew that
2: I loved you because you cared about me Please, Mrs. Flume. Every day would start for me when you said, Good morning, Mrs. Flume," With that smile and that sparkle in your eye. Please. It would begin beautifully and end beautifully when you would say, Good evening, Mrs. Flume." Oh, you cared. They weren't just empty words of meaningless greetings. I feel
1: so badly.
2: You can't feel bad. Not here. Here you can only feel at peace. You can only know joy. I could have saved you. I didn't. But you paid for it with worry and sorrow. It broke your heart. That's what happened to you. Your heart just broke. Yes, yes. They don't understand these things down there. They call it cardiac arrest and so many other names. But what happens is that the heart just breaks.
1: Yes, it just breaks.
2: But here, it's mended. Everything is mended. Welcome. Oh, welcome, Perry. Mother. Mother! Yes, Perry. Yes, child. Mother, you look so beautiful. Oh, Perry, you became such a handsome man.
1: I always knew you would. Mother will never be separated again.
2: Of course not, child.
1: Dad? Dad, is that you?
2: Yes, Perry.
0: Yes, son.
1: Dad, I never even knew you down there.
0: I never really knew you either.
1: You were killed in the war. Was I? I don't remember. Yes, Dad. It it was such a long time ago. We have so much to talk about. We have forever, son. It's so good to see you. It's so good to be here with you. Will Abigail be here? Will my wife come here too? Oh, yes. One day. Then it will be complete. What have I done to deserve this? You've been a good... Kind human being. Well, I tried to be. I tried. Give him the
3: lidocaine right now. Who's that? I'm getting a pulse.
1: Who's that? Mother? Mother, where are you?
3: I'm here, Perry. Here.
1: Mother, something is pulling me away. I'm being pulled away. Getting a stronger pulse. Mother? Dad? Mrs. Flume? Hold on to me. I'm being pulled away. See?
3: To talk. It's a miracle. He's
2: coming back.
1: I don't want to come back. I want to stay here. See,
3: we didn't really lose
1: him. I don't want to come back. Mother, where are you? Dad? Where are the colors? And the music? And the warm, glorious feeling. Where is it? Where is it?
2: More oxygen, that's it. He's coming around. He's coming around. <laughs>
1: These sounds, the noise. Where am I?
3: Oh, good Lord in heaven. He's back with us. Hello, Perry.
1: Dr. Gordon? Yes. Yes, it's me. Where? Where? Where's what? Nothing. Oh, you had a very rough time. Rough? Rough? I know it's hard to talk. You must be very sore. You had an oxygen mask over your face. You had an airway going down your throat. We had to pin down your tongue. My left side hurts. I know. But you're going to be better. Will I? Oh, yes. You're improving every second. You need lots of rest. Starting right now. Lots of rest.
3: Hi, dearest. How do you feel? Oh pretty good. George Gotham was here. Was he? Wants to know when you're coming back. Mm hmm. He has to reschedule that match with the Hickman brothers. Yeah. You know, I was in the emergency with you while while you were being worked on. I thought you were. They called me from the hospital. But by the time I got there, you were out. Yeah. I even heard some of the nurses saying you were dead. I know. I heard them. I, I thought you were dead, too. Did you? Yes. In that room, there are all kinds of things going on, you know, beeping and beating and pumping and whatnot. I know. Everything kept going downhill, getting weaker and fainter. And then suddenly, for a moment, everything just stopped. Cold. I remember. How could you remember? That's when the nurse said we lost him. Oh, but Dr. Gordon, he just kept working. I don't know, injecting, massaging. I could really see. And I had the funniest feeling. Um, Ask me, ask me what it was. What was it? I had this feeling you were fighting against it, that you were resisting it didn't want to come back. Is that true? Yes. And it wasn't my imagination? No. I was dead. I'm sure I was dead.
1: And I was in this absolutely magnificent place.
3: What sort of place?
1: How do you picture heaven?
3: Oh, just a glorious... I don't know. And
1: I met my mother and my father and Mrs. Floon. I'll tell this to you, Abigail, but to no one else. I was really dead. Dead? I was dead. You have to believe me.
3: You may have thought you were dead.
1: No. I don't say a thing like that lightly. I was dead. Try to believe me.
3: All right, I'll... I'll try.
1: And for some reason...
3: I came back. What reason?
1: Maybe I was sent back.
3: Sent back? Why?
1: I went to a place where it was all... love. Everything was love. I mean, here, that kind of love has... Is... Well, it's just become rare... I might have been sent back to, well, to help encourage that kind of love and create more of it. Can you believe that?
3: Yes, I can believe that.
1: Would you help me?
3: Like to try?
1: Well, there's nothing very big or very difficult about it. We just have to live at peace with everyone around us. It shouldn't be too hard to do.
3: Even if it is. We have to try.
1: There once was a man named Lazarus. He came back from the dead.
0: Yes, and he may not have been the only one. More and more, doctors, nurses encounter situations where patients are actually clinically, legally, medically dead. And for some reason, they revive and return. They tell of marvelous things that have happened to them. It has happened often enough for doctors to take note of it and to give it a name, which, appropriately enough, happens to be the Lazarus Syndrome. I, too, shall return. life and what is death? Is it a continuation? Are we on some infinite journey and is this life a stage along the way? The sophisticated scientist looks at the stars through his modern instruments. The unlettered savage stares at the heavens with his naked eyes. The scientist may see more facts, but does he really know more of the essence of existence? Our cast included Mandel Kramer, Lloyd Batista, Anne Williams, and Bryna Rayburn. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. The chairman of the board has issued his summons, and uh, I don't want to keep his majesty waiting. Oh, good morning, Ken. Morning, Steve. How's it all? It's been better. How's the fishing? It's been worse. How's Carolyn? Oh, she's just great. And Edna? Can't complain. How are the kids? Kids. Janie is engaged and Bobby's entering law school in September. <laughs> My uh, grandson's going to be a lawyer. Hey, he says he has dreams of the Supreme Court. Uh, when the time comes, we could uh, pull a string or two for him. I thought you were on vacation. I am. And what are you doing here? I came back because I have something to say to you. You could have said it on the phone. It wouldn't sound good on the phone. What wouldn't sound good on the phone? You're fired. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by A R M, Allergy Relief Medicine. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time pleasant dreams